Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You hit the spot. The place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Put your thinking caps on, because the conversation starts now. Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. This is the place, the location, where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, the responses are never dull, and today we're going to Ireland. Okay, but she just came back from Maryland. She's American, but she's living there in Ireland. Her name is Diana McLaughlin. And you know what? She has an um, an unusual, unusual business model. She helps spiritual healers manage their finances. Now, don't get it twisted, brains. You know, uh, just because you are in the spiritual world, it's still a gift and you can't eat that. Universe, source, God, Mother Earth, however you want to frame it, has given you this gift, but you need to maximize it. And you are channeling for people, you are intervening, you are helping them, you know, not predict, but to guide, release some trauma, uh, manifest what they want in their life, maybe even conjure up a good mate, all this kind of stuff. Well, it comes at a cost. You know, there's a cost to doing business. And I've noticed all of the healers that I talk to, they don't know how to package it. They feel guilty that they're even charging for that. Well, you better get over it, okay? The preachers charge every day. The church charges every day. You just have a different modality and a different way to do it. But you need to be smart and you know how to manage your business. It's not your own personal slush fund. You still need to be able to manage that. So she does that. She's also an opera singer. I love that. I love that. That is beautiful. And um, we're going to talk about some other fun stuff, you know, like traveling. What is it like being an American moving to Ireland? So let's welcome her to the edge. How are you, Diana? I am great. I'm so glad to be here with you, April. I'm glad to be with you, too. A mama of three. Them kids sleep. Where they at now? Well, two of them are watching TV with daddy and one's upstairs on the video games. I'm hoping that they're making their way to their beds shortly because it's after nine. It's like I half know. nine here. Now, how old are your kids? They are three, eight, and 12. Oh, wow. Yeah, all the ages. All the ages. And, and they're all of them going through a different thing right now. The three-year-old thinks that they're 12. The 12-year-old thinks that they're 20. And the eight-year-old is just trying to make their way. I get it. Absolutely. You dead on. You nailed it. <laughs> you know, but it's hard in the pecking order. Now, did you have siblings? I did. I have a younger sister. She's only a year younger than me. Oh, okay. So you guys are running buddies. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So how in the world, let's start there, that you moved from the United States to Ireland and how'd you make the adjustment? Well, um, I met an Irish man. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a love story. <laughs> and uh, I was just finishing up uh, college in Washington, D.C. And I didn't really have a whole lot going on in D.C. And you know, he just was like, why don't you come out and live here for a little while with me? And we got married and everything like in, in Virginia before we moved out to Ireland. We just thought, we'll just give it a try. We'll come out here. And then uh, we come out and we never left. <laughs> but uh, adjusting was kind of hard coming from a place so busy and uh, the energy of Washington, D.C. and like being in the, the energy of the nation's capital for seven years to the middle of nowhere in Donegal, County Donegal, Ireland was like absolute shock to the system. 
because I mean, I was coming from a place with all of this culture and all right, of this, right. and it was just to the farm. Like I had sheep buying up the back field. Oh, love. And I mean, <laughs> you know, the highlight of my day was walking to the shop to get myself a 99, which is an ice cream. Like I just, I couldn't drive. Oh Lord. I know it would be you a culture know? shock. Well, I married a, uh, you know, I married the luck of the Irish too, Mahoney. And let me tell you, April Mahoney opens up so many doors. They do not expect a sister rocking an Afro to come through. They looking for some cute little white girl with red hair and freckles. But my daughter says that she loves Scotland and Ireland. She said that uh, she loves the people. She loves the culture, the greenery. She wants a Highland cow and a redhead. James, you were telling me about that before. I was like, that's the best thing I've ever heard. They're gorgeous. The redheads and cows. I know. <laughs> so uh, dial back and tell us how you show up in the world and how you found this niche market and population to work with. Okay, so... Um, when I found out I was pregnant with my third child, I was like, oh my God, I need to change my life because at the time I was working as a singing teacher and piano teacher. I had a full studio. I probably had about 50 students that I saw every week. I was, I was really, I was burning out all the time and I didn't even know what that was. You know what I mean? I was working so hard and you know, just making the money and just doing all the things. Cause I had all this energy, like I was in my twenties, you know, um, and my thirties. And I found that I was pregnant with the third and I went, I got to find a way to slow down and I need to find a way to use this brain that I have, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, I have a master's degree. I am, I know I'm highly intelligent. I'm like, I need something else that I can do that can help people in the world and make me feel, you know, like I'm doing something. Um, and I just Googled, this is so funny because I've been, I've been self-employed forever. Like since I left college, I've been self-employed. When I came to Ireland, I came with a website and a dream. It was like, I want to start a music studio. And I had students before I got here that were coming, that were going to come to me as soon as I got to Ireland. Wow. I used my I used my wedding money, the money we had left from our wedding to buy a piano. Like I just rocked up in the local music shop and I was like, here's money, I need a piano. And wow. they got me a piano. They helped me find students because they knew I had the education. Mm-hmm. And I like set up the studio from absolutely nothing. And then after about three or four years, I was flat out every single night. Students booked out from four o'clock to nine o'clock every single night. I was so busy. And then I took on school jobs. I was teaching in different schools. I was teaching. Okay, so let me dial back a little bit. What are you actually teaching? Were you teaching music lessons, voice, combination of both? I was teaching piano and singing. I had some students that did both. I had some that did one or the other, but it was people of all ages, a lot of young, younger kids, but I also had adults. I taught elderly people. I, I worked in like a, it's called the U3A over here. It's a place where retired people can come and learn new skills. I taught in there. And that was one of the most fulfilling things I ever did as a teacher. I loved it because Mm. there was so much wisdom from these people and they were so hungry to learn. And it was just gorgeous. Well, at that age, they hungry to stimulate their brain because it's going, it's going cantawapus. But do you teach uh, all genres of music, mostly classical, performing arts? What, what was that like? It was, there was a little bit of an adjustment for me for the way that people like to uh, learn and move through things here. 
um, they have these things here called exams, like great exams that they, they want to achieve and they go and they basically perform for like an adjudicator and they get like a score on that. They're like, yay, I got my grade three. So I had to learn about this entire system of learning that they have over here for music. And yeah. a lot of them did exams. They were classical and musical theater. Um, I had some that were focused in opera, but a lot of them really just love to do a you know showstopper musical theater piece. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of that. I had some people that came to me that did some singing around the area and the bars and were interested in like singing in bands and I would help them with technique because I have a lot of training and pedagogy of vocal technique. Mm -hmm. um, so I was doing so much teaching of all ages i absolutely did love it but i was burning myself out so i went right. i'm having this third baby i gotta find something that works more around my family that i'm stimulated that i can if i want to i can go away and do an opera you know because funny enough after i started the bookkeeping i got the biggest the biggest opera job of my life oh, like wow. the most the most lovely job that i've ever had you know so with taking that step back from teaching all the time these more opportunities have come and i found different ways to use my voice and so now with opera you know opera is no joke you sing yeah. in different languages mm -hmm. italian yeah. french spanish so you have mm -hmm. to learn that particular song yep understand you have to know translation. the translation mm -hmm. yeah all i do and all then, that and then put on that big dress <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. I actually went on tour in Germany in 2018 for three months and I just got to wear big dresses. Uh, it was like an absolute dream come true. I was singing Andrew Lloyd Webber. Mm. I was having the absolute time of my life, you know, but then third baby came and I went, shut it down. I need to take a step back and find something that is more chill that I can do to help. So I Googled, what jobs can I do from home? Really? And I swear to God, up came bookkeeping. And I went, what's that? I mean, I always, I know. I mean, I've had a business forever, but I didn't, I never thought that there was somebody that could do the sort of paperwork and the stuff that I've always done in my business. I was like, well, I can do that. But bookkeeping is way more than that. You know, when I got into it and I started learning, I've taken several courses. I've worked with a lot of mentors to learn bookkeeping. I have several friends, really close friends of mine that are CPAs that are constantly like there to be my support. I have a massive group of bookkeepers that I keep in connection with. We all help each other. Um, Fell into yeah. that just a little bit, okay? Because people keep their personal finances or at least they should. I remember back in the day when you had a check register and you couldn't check mm -hmm. your account online every day. And you had to debit, credit, figure out what you were doing. Um, yep. But people don't do that now. And brains, it was once upon a time, just because you had checks, baby, that didn't mean you had money. And yep. so you have these absorbent overdraft fees. Now everything is done by a card. And in my personal opinion, I'm not a financial person. I'm a podcaster, but I'm smart and I know how to handle my money. Uh, it's just another indoctrination into cryptocurrency, blockchain, following the sequence of your spending. I went to the bank the other day to put some money in for my niece and they told me they would not take cash. 
they told me that I would have to do, I, they want a, a paper trail. I'd have to do credit card, money order, check. And I said, well, what's going on with the good old U.S. currency? That's one thing. We'll talk about that in a minute. But in the meantime, in between time, give us a few good bookkeeping tips because people don't, they, they, they just don't do it. And I know that money is tight, but if you keep your mind on your money, and your money will be on your mind, you will be all right. You've got to pay attention. All of these celebrities, all of these uh, people that win the lottery, they just go crazy. They do not know how to, you know, to balance their, their, their books. So give us a few good bookkeeping tips. Well, I can definitely speak from the business side of things because like 100% of the bookkeeping that I do is for business owners, um, especially as a business owner. Um, checking your bank balance every single day and even putting it in your journal is like a massive way to just become aware in the first place because you can't change what you don't know. Right. So if you don't know how much money's in there, how do you know, like you, you can't do anything about it, you know? So one of the things is check the bank balance every day. Second of all, get yourself QuickBooks online and give it a go. Like if you're a business owner, you really do need to have bookkeeping in place because it's actually kind of the law. Like if you, you know, if you're, if you're paying taxes and stuff like that, it's your due diligence to keep proper books and keep track of your expenses and keep track of your income so that you can report your taxes correctly. Otherwise you're paying too much or you're paying too little and they will figure it out. You know what I mean? Cause they can go in there and figure it out. They, well, they you know, have well, you know, people, well, can you, uh, can you Venmo me? Can you cash app? Can you PayPal? Uh, and even GoFundMe. Anything over $600 is being reported to the IR pest. Absolutely. Your point, 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 yeah. yeah, you're going to get a 1099, okay? Yeah, yeah. You, they yeah. have a responsibility to report that. And they're mm -hmm. not going to go uh, in violation because of you. So, you know, you get a couple thousand dollars and you think that you're getting away with something, baby, you can't get away no. with nothing. Nothing. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And another big one, especially if you're a business owner, is no matter if you're a sole proprietor, an LLC, or an S-Corp, whatever your business entity is, you must keep your finances separate, your, your business from your personal. Keep that stuff separate because especially if you have an LLC, like the whole purpose of having an LLC is to have the protection that that provides you. And if you're spending out of your business constantly on personal stuff, it opens up all of your personal stuff to the scrutiny of the IRS. Mm, mm, mm. So that's called piercing the corporate veil. Mm. So keeping those things separate is so important. And I get all over my clients because there's times that they go on a spending spree with their business card. And I'm like, you can't do that, sweetheart. You, you're going to, you know, if you're audited and they see that they're going to, they're going to want to see your personal stuff. Like, so you have to keep that stuff very separate and be meticulous about it. So what if you're uh, a sole proprietor though? I mean, if you're a sole prop, you don't have that protection, but it still is better if you are audited for some reason to be able to go and say, here, I have kept this separate. Here is this bank account that I use for all my business transactions. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to take out a business account. It can be any bank account, but just say, this is where I do all of my stuff. 
I'm not actually sure if they would come after your personal, but that's kind of why you get an LLC to protect your personal stuff, to protect yourself from getting sued and losing everything. Right. Um, so I recommend that if you are in business and you're taking it quite seriously, go ahead and file for that LLC. It depends on your state. Sometimes it can be quite expensive, but in the state of Maryland where I am, it wasn't that bad. Yes, you'll have to pay like taxes and stuff because you have it, but that protect protection is so worth it just in case, you know what I mean? Just and you can have a, you can have a, a larger write-off too, but yeah. keeping your receipts, that is so important. Keeping yeah. your, keeping your bank statements, um, really knowing what goes in what bucket, you know, you mm -hmm. can't take the family to Brazil, Argentina, Hawaii, Mexico, and on vacation and call it a business expense. You need to, be able to justify that because mm -hmm. they will audit you. My girlfriend got audited. And I mean, I tell you, she's still taking anxiety pills. <laughs> oh, it's so stressful. It really, really is. But if you keep good records. And you, you don't, don't need to worry. You don't really need. Well, depends on how you, again, process. Well, and what people I, need to understand is that your bookkeeper and your accountant or CPA are not your internal mafia. They're not there to shelter and wash the money. They're there to record and document the transactions. So don't say, oh, well, you know, my, my accountant didn't do this, didn't do that right. Well, you signed off on it. Before right. I do my taxes and send them in, you best believe I go line item by line item. And if there's not something that I understand, uh, then I need to go back and answer that question. Because once you sign, you're responsible for that. It's not, they're not going to go after the CPA. They're going to go after you as the individual. Am I right? Yeah, that's such a good point, April, to bring up. <laughs> I mean, we're here to help protect you. Yes. Like we're here to help you, you know, decide, just decide if something is a business expense or not. And I would normally go to my CPA and go, hey, I have a weird one for you. Would this count as a, and she'd say yes or no. I mean, they sort of know, like a CPA will know. I kind of know at this point, I've been in this a long time. I can kind of tell you that, you know, if you've gone on, if you've gone on a trip out to the Grand Canyon and you paid to get into the Grand Canyon and you took some pictures for your social media and used it for like content, that's not counting as a business expense because you paid to go to the Grand Canyon. You know, there's like things like that. And I mean, I just help my clients as well with generally deciding which card to charge things to. Like this was a really big one with some of my clients when they started out. It was like, I don't know if this is a business expense or if this is a personal expense. Right. And right. a lot of my time is like saying yes or no. And, you know, I have a support group for that, for like people that want to tackle their own books, right. that they can come in and ask me questions anytime about their books and anything in QuickBooks. So wow. it's one wow. of the things that I offer. Yeah. Now, and on the, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. And on the topic of receipts, you mentioned QuickBooks also has an app. You can just snap the picture and it goes into your QuickBooks and you can attach it to the transaction and it's there forever and ever. Amen. Wow. And yeah, that's so we have because those receipts, they fit, they fade. And you know, they might go back three years and you go back and you got a bunch of faded receipts. You wouldn't like they do disappear. I thought, are they using disappearing ink on receipts these yeah, days? Like crazy. what is happening? It is crazy, but you know, I keep good records. I really do because I don't want no problem with them. We live in the greatest country in the world. No, I don't like paying taxes, but when I go to other countries and I see that they don't have clean water, 
and I, they don't have public restrooms, that they don't, uh, you know, they don't have services for their people that need medical attention. They don't have services for their senior citizens. I just yeah. come up pay, you know, I bite the bullet and pay my taxes. That's guaranteed. Taxes and debt. So you can't get away from that, Brains. But if you don't pay them, let me tell you, it's a point and a click. And they'll put a lien on your property, on your firstborn. Yeah. <laughs> they will suck well, the out of you. And then you've got to fight to prove that you're right. They're already holding it. Now you got to fight to get back. Yeah. And I would add to the whole tax conversation that my, my viewpoint of taxes are, if I'm paying taxes, it means I've done well in my business. Like if you're not paying taxes, you're not making money. And it's, it's part of my responsibility as a citizen of the world to, to support, you know, the people in, in my society, like we all need it. And like at different times and, you know, I'm, I'm taxes, like there's more taxes here in Ireland than there are. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. What is the, like the taxation? I know I went to Canada and I was like, really? I didn't want to buy nothing. (laughs) Well, it's quite, it's quite high here, but like we, they, like when we pay for things here, the taxes are already included. Whereas in America, when you buy something, it's like 5% sales tax and you don't like they add it on. Like when you go into the store and the milk is a pound, it's going to be a pound at the, when you pay for it, like there's nothing added to it, right. you know, exactly. Cause it's already looped in. Okay. Um, but the like income taxes here are a lot higher um, because we have socialized healthcare where I live. Uh, I live in I live in Northern Ireland. And and how, wait, let me let me stop you right there. How does that work? Because I know there's other places like Canada. They have socialized medicine too, but they say it takes three to six months sometimes to get a specialist. So is that it- is that is true. It's very hard right now. The NHS is experiencing what I would call a breakdown mm. in this country where I am. However. Any time that I have had to take my kids to the doctor, it is in and out and a way to get the medicine and a way, and I don't pay a dime. And it's like, I am in and out. I was, one time I took one of my kids, they were feeling sick. I was through the doctor and out the door with medicine in my hand in 45 minutes. And that for me, I was like, what? And then back in November, I got really sick and I ended up in the hospital for six days the likes of which would have completely financially ruined me in the United States. And I paid nothing and they kept me alive. Mm. Like it was, I had a really bad bout of sepsis mm. and I, it was so bad. It was like the worst thing. I didn't know what, I thought I had COVID. I was like, I don't know. I just feel really, really sick, you know? And it turns out I had a, an infection and they kept me in for six days on a drip and antibiotic and they got me the the pills that I needed after to continue after, and I paid zero out of my pocket. So now let's talk about the person that's making zero in the spiritual realm. How did you decide to move to that genre and create that niche and help those individuals with bookkeeping and, and financial uh, literacy? So about, oh my God, a year and a half ago, I sort of started this, well, it was before that, maybe like two years. I started this spiritual journey because I started living in the online space a lot more. And I was on my social media and I was seeing all these like spiritual coaches, these healers, these people talking about all this self-development stuff. And I just got really like, like engaged in that. And I was like, this is so cool. Like I didn't realize how much 
you know, I could better myself from like having a coach for this or learning about using my intuition, or I just didn't know that this world really existed. I've always known that I have special gifts. I know that I have great intuition as a performer and as a human. Um, I've always had that sort of sixth sense about me. Um, I also know that my voice is healing and I know that it heals people and it helps people. And I've always had these, these things. And I, I started working with a couple of these, these people that, you know, I met through, um, networking groups and stuff like that and talking to them and like finding out about what they did. And I was like, this is amazing. And they're all so chill and lovely and they're nice people. And I was like, you guys are kind of my people, you know, like a lot of them. I felt you know, like, I, was like, <laughs> and I was just like, you guys are kind of like really awesome. And I want to help you guys to be able to manage your businesses better. Cause so many of these people that are healers and stuff, like, unfortunately, not unfortunately, maybe it's fortunately, they, you know, they have ADHD or they have some sort of neuro, um, neurodivergent things going on and they just have a shutdown about numbers and they just can't manage them and they don't want to manage them. They want to get on with healing and helping people, but they're like, oh my God, I don't want to look at my numbers. It just freaks them out. And even though these people seem to do a lot of money mindset work and things like that, when it comes to your own stuff, it's an entirely different thing. Right. Absolutely. But, you know, and, I, and I say this with love, you're showing up disingenuous. How are you going to tell me how I can manifest? Oh, I can help you manifest 60000 or $100,000. And you can't balance your books. You're not, you're not looking. So when I hire you as a, spiritual leader, a mentor, a coach, a consultant. I need to see what you are doing that I need to mimic exuding out of your pores because I'm going to check you out, okay? You're a salesperson, but you can't close a deal. You are an author, but you don't know how many books you've sold. You are an accountant and you know, you're bankrupt. Mm -hmm. All of these things will show up. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and don't overpromise and underdeliver. There's just certain mm -hmm. things you can't do. So that's why you need to hire where you're weak. That's where Diana comes in. Marketing <laughs> promotion, that's where I come in. You hire where you, that's where you invest your money because that's where you're going to get your biggest return on re investment. That's called ROI brains, return on investment. That's very, very important. So let's ask you some fun questions, Diana. Okay. If you were an appliance in the kitchen, what would you be? An appliance in the kitchen? Oh, this just came right to me. This is like dropping in a blender. If I get another blender, everybody wants to be a blender. I want to be the refrigerator. I just want to chill. I just want to <laughs> Why do I want to be a blender? Well, I can explain the blender thing. Because I believe that the work that I do is like a perfect balance of practical logic and intuition and magic. Like okay. that is what I feel like I'm bringing to the table because there are people who don't, you know, all of this accountancy number stuff, they're like, eh. But like when they come to me, they're getting both things. They're getting me leading from a place of logic and they're getting me leading from a place of like magic and intuition and trusting yourself and like, you know, in my, in my services, like I've created this really beautiful ritual for them.
that they can do on a monthly basis to help them sit down and sink in to going over their monthly finances. I'm recording my insights for them. I'm sending them affirmation cards, you know, and I'm, I'm wow. opening up my boxer so they can ask me questions about their financials. Like I am like 100% there with them. You are and, mixing it up. You are mixing yeah. it up and you're doing a cradle to grave yeah. service. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be? Oh, what's going to come to me? Cars are funny with me. I I don't know why, but a bug came in. A VW bug? Why? Well, I can't I explain be, I want to be a 1963 VW bug van. Oh, with the, the flowers on it, it's a little pop top, and I can make out in the back. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I need a bed, <laughs> Crap, I need a bed in the back. That's right. Not to make no more babies, though. You got three. <laughs> no, we're done. We're, no more. There'll be no more. Love them, though. Okay. If uh, uh, What are some of your guilty pleasures? What are some of the things that you do for your R&R? Not go out with the kids, you know, but just really what do you do to satisfy you? One of my favorite things, like one of the things that I do to really, like, I know it does, it sounds weird, but it grounds me is get in water. So be that going to the steam room and like being in and out of the pool in the steam room. I have this lovely gym that I go to here that I can just go and like, I have like released so much stuff in a steam room. I can't even tell you like, and I've even written about it. I'm like, I don't know what it is, but when I go in a steam room, I can drop all this stuff. Right. But the other thing that I've done here in the last year, it's been a little while since I did it, but it's freaking magical, is cold water therapy. I see. Were you in a, did I see a picture of you in an ice bath? Probably not. No, I've done it in the sea here in Ireland. Oh. Ooh, I yeah. know. Oh, too. All freezing in January at like midnight on a full moon. I was going to say, I said your balls will shrink up into your stomach, but you don't have balls. <laughs> <laughs> I just turned completely red. Like my whole body turned red, you know, but it was a good team. Was it, you know, was it, yeah. how did it feel? Did it, was it exhilarating? Oh, I feel it's, it's invigorating. Like getting in the sea here any time of the year is invigorating because it's absolutely Baltic because we're, we're basically, I call it, I'm, I'm like, I'm in the Arctic circle, but <laughs> we live, we live like way far North. Like we live at like the most further North point that you can oh. in Ireland, almost yeah. besides like the head above it. Wow. besides Mullen Head. I'm about a half an hour from Mullen Head, which is like the top of Ireland. Um, we also get the worst weather in the entire country, probably in all of Europe. It just rains here all the freaking time. And that has been hard. That was another fun adjustment, like just getting used to the crap weather and not getting the sunlight. Well, you know, we sometimes people say that because like uh, in Oregon, they say that it can set up depression. Did it affect your mood and your, your oh, mental yeah. health? Yep, yep. I've been through like several bouts of like really especially around having the kids um yeah. like the postnatal depression the isolation you know and i had quite a few miscarriages as well oh, bless um you. Uh, between my kids and just like all the hormones plus like lack of sunlight lack of vitamin d you know just oh i had a rough rough kind of time of it my third child was completely different because i said we're not doing that again and, <laughs> yeah but then COVID hit right after I had him. I had him in February and COVID hit in March. But wow. like I, it was a blessing for me, really, because I got to sit at home and just work on the computer. I had him on a cushion. I fed him all day. And I just, I, I worked the whole way through it. And 
homeschooled my other two children. That was rough. Like it was tough in some ways, but in other ways it was a blessing because I got to be home with him and I never had any stress about leaving him because I never had to. Right, right. Yeah. Um, But it takes a lot, takes a lot of endurance, but also working on your relationship. Okay, I'm gonna ask you that too, because you're, you know, you're still young and tender. You got three kids, 12, eight, and three. Um, what kind of quality time are you giving that man? Because that's ba- that's baby number four. Okay, I've been married 39 years. I do, and I still have to nurture and baby him. Don't let him get a cold or, or a flu. But what do you what do you say to the, you know, to the working mom about sustaining that relationship? Because that's important. That's the core. It's not the kids. The kids yeah. are going to be fine. But it's yeah. keeping it's keeping him loving you and you loving him and showing that and separating yourself, finding a babysitter, going out on a date night, you know. Yeah, yeah we do. We, we do. All that's important. Mm-hmm. We yeah. we have uh we have a wee babysitter that'll come and we can get a wee night out now and again, but on the sort of regular we were like carving out little pockets of time that were sort of ours. It was like that sort of half an hour before the kids get up in the morning, you know, like just coming down here and having a cup of tea. My husband loves his tea. Like, you know, any point of the day, if you go cup of tea, he's like, I, you know, and I go put on the tea and we have tea. Like every Saturday morning, we get up before the kids. We call them Wayne's here. We get up before the Wayne's and we come downstairs and just sit and chat and have a cup of tea. And then like at night when the lights go out, we lock the door. And that is <laughs> like, we get a good hour after the kids go to bed. But you, you make that time. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, if you make that time, everything else will fall in line because that lets you know that there's nothing else important. It's not about the finance. It's not about the work. It's about the quality time. You're going to get more money. You're going to get more clients, but you're not going to get any more time. And you want to invest in that. You want to create a harmonious work-life balance. You want to be sure that you keep your books in order because that can cause a kerfuffle in a relationship when the money's not right, you know, or when you're lying and sneaking and, you know, remember women used to uh, leave things in the car, didn't want to bring them in because didn't want your husband to know that you were shopping, all that, or he's buying parts or toys or whatever, and you don't know. You have to have a sense of honesty and integrity. And that's in every aspect of your life. Diana, you have just been a wealth of information and so much fun. Thank you so much for being here on The Edge. Please tell my brains how to get in contact with you. You are American. Uh, you work in Ireland. You are able to do books in what what in place? In the U.S. In the U.S.? Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. And I'm telling you, with QuickBooks and anything, it's just a point and a click. She doesn't have to be right there in your face. Or if you want her in your face, get on Zoom like we are right now. But definitely, how do they get in contact with you? Because I want them to work with you. Yeah, my website is AbundanceBookkeeper.com. And on Facebook, I'm Diana Bryan McLaughlin. And I have a Facebook page as well, The Abundance Bookkeeper. And I'm on Instagram, but I would need to tell you the the handle. I think if you get Abundance Bookkeeper, you will get me. I am the only Abundance Bookkeeper. (laughs) And that's a big $25 word, Brains, Abundance. Mm -hmm. That means we want you to have a lot. We want you to have an overflow. And we want that overflow so that you can be philanthropic and you can pay back. Because money is energy. It is reciprocal. It has to keep moving. It's fluid. If you don't, 
you live like this, your hands are tied, you can't give nor can you receive. And we want you like this. We want your cup to overflow. So thank you so much, beautiful, for being here from Ireland, staying up to talk to me and uh, my brains. I'm looking for my postcard so y'all know where you at, okay? You don't get lost right here on the edge. You see this address right here? It's right in your face. I need you to love, like, share, and subscribe. Love, like, share, and subscribe. Go in, get a consultation with Diana. Tell her I sent you. Uh, and just kind of look at the books, especially if you are a, a, a person in the spiritual realm, okay? It's okay to charge somebody for reading, for some oracle cards, you know, for channeling. Absolutely. But you got to document it. Thank you so much, baby. I love you. Thank you so much. I love this. <laughs> Bye, brains. Bye.